0: Yeah. Hey man,
1: tell them all about it. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for coming on this podcast. Making some time for us. Absolutely. Cheers. I'm
2: not the kind of comedian that has a day job, so I've got nothing going on. Awesome, dude. Me neither. <laughs> that is not a shit talking anyway, either. I was just a joke on myself. <laughs> Reflection. is this local
1: local
2: is this locally sourced rap
1: oh yeah it's
2: from houston oh okay okay
1: Chopped and screwed have you heard
2: of that yeah that's yeah of course yeah. um but it's it's weird hearing this kind of rap chopped and screwed because like you know it's to, like again like you know i'm stuck in the past with my hip-hop so like I eventually, I uh, figure I'd hear something new or like, you know, Chopped and Screwed, but like, it's just like, it's weird to me. I usually think of like DJ Screw or like fucking SPM Chopped and Screwed, like not something not anything new. Like, so it's just kind of weird to me, but like, right, interesting. Right. I will say it makes it more tolerable to me.
1: 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Chopped and Screwed does. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's some songs that I'll listen to from my past that just don't sound like right unless they're chopped and screwed. Right, right. Like a couple of the SPM songs.
1: What, let's see. So let's, let's start. Welcome back to Taco Madre Podcast. Uh, like, sub, comment, help us out. Uh, HowDareYouNetwork.com. Uh, visit us, buy some merch. Um, I have today a special guest with me and, of course, okay. my wife and my lovely baby off cam. Hey, hey, what's up, what's up? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> oh, that was a great intro. She ready, man uh and today i have a special guest with me like i said man a nice comedian i found you on instagram sir why don't you introduce yourself
2: uh my name is greasy gordo or you can call me max or Fat boy that's what people will call me i call him
1: gordo all right oh that's the
2: cutest little hand clap ever (laughs) thank
1: you for coming dude and then how long you been doing comedy
2: uh well give me one second
1: yeah me too uh
2: I uh, I never go anywhere without this thing, even if I'm just going to like the gas station. It like has changed my life. I always like you know would get like a cup of water and leave it at the edge of my bed at night, and it would you know the water would just get lukewarm after like thirty minutes. But this thing just it's just like sixty four ounces of cold water all day every day. It's awesome. Absolutely
1: love it.
2: um, but uh, yeah, I got stoned before I came here. What did you ask me? I I, uh, I, I do that a lot.
1: No, that's, that's great. Uh, so uh, I asked you how long you've been doing comedy. I
2: I've, I've been writing comedy since I want to say like 2015, and I just started um, doing stand up this January. Yes. Sorry, it was yeah this January. Yeah, awesome. And uh, people ask me like, you know, why did you start doing like, you know, why did it take you so long? Like now I'm 30. You know, I'm about to be 31, and I've been talking about doing it for a long time, all the people that know me. And honestly, like, it's kind of, it's pathetic, it's a sad story, but, like, it was it was suicide. Like, I was getting ready to, like, fucking end everything, like, literally everything. Wow. And I thought to myself, like, you know, I just, I wanted to do that one thing that I always wanted to do, and it was comedy, because I was afraid. And I said to myself, like, you know, if, if you still want to fucking kill yourself afterwards, like, you know, then you deserve to die. And I didn't want to. I felt like this is crazy because, like, I used to I used to sell weed. And there's no bugs in this house, right? Nope. Okay. Because this no is a really either. nice house. <laughs> I don't expect to see any of the classic bugs. No, this is a fucking dope-ass house. But I, I meant, like, the FBI bugs. But, no, um, I, I used to sell weed. And one time I sold uh, about five pounds of weed in one day. And I was, like, sitting in front of, like, a mountain of cash that equivocated to, like, 20 grand or something like that and i just I like, came in my pants like instantly yeah it was just like whoa and like i got that exact same feeling whenever i stepped off the stage doing comedy for the first time really? and people were like how do you how did you feel I was like that's how i felt and they were like is that a joke i was like no that's really how i fucking felt <laughs> no, no, that's, I life. <laughs> that's what saved me from fucking blowing my brains out literally yeah. but what sucks is that like whenever you get off stage you walk right back into that fucking shit that like you know like and it just it fuels my comedy like you know living the life that got me to that fucking point like you know just helps me create and just make more so like you know as morbid as i am like it helps me so at
1: at what at what age were you contemplating suicide
2: shit uh like i think like around eight or nine
1: eight or nine years old
2: yeah i've lived a very fucked up life where are you from i'm originally from victoria texas that's South the, Texas. Yeah, the only cool things to ever come out of Victoria, Texas, are Stone Cold Steve Austin, the mm-hmm, wrestler, mm-hmm. and me. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Love it. A couple of, like you know like low level NFL players and shit because it was like jocks like that run the town kind of. Oh, really? But like you know, other than that, no, it's, not much it, comes out of there.
1: It's a football town, right? Yeah, really.
2: They uh, spent an insane amount of money on their um, football stadium. Their football stadium. Yeah, I remember specifically. We only had. Um, Coca Cola products at our high schools and stuff like that because Coca, sorry, Coca Cola paid for the uh, the turf, the Astro turf that was on our football field, oh, okay. which was just an insane amount of money because it was like the state of the art football shit or whatever. So they were like, "We'll pay for it for free, but only Coca Cola products and fuck these kids with diabetes for like oh, the yeah. next
1: twenty years." Absolutely.
2: So yeah, big football, big on football, but that's where I'm originally from
1: shout out to victoria texas yo yep. shout out to coca-cola you guys are destroying mexico <laughs> one coke at
2: a time <laughs> but that's not as pepsi c you guys remember that pepsi c pepsi c it was a uh, pepsi specifically targeted towards mexicans and hispanics yeah
1: yeah, yeah. you remember shakira? that shit wasn't shakira I behind know. it
2: I, saw, I think she was in the commercials i think <laughs> she was in the commercials Pepsi C. and that's where she yeah. got them was all the mexicans Early seeing 2000s. the ass shaking
1: i think so yeah, yeah. but yeah. Everybody, everybody knows that uh if you just, well i like to call that era the 9-11 era The 9-11 Yeah the 9-11 Where where Shit was kind of fuzzy back then Like Mm -hmm. you could get away With a lot more shit The
2: man show existed then Yeah You know about the man show Yeah absolutely Before Jimmy Kimmel Got got a hold of uh, What was that shit When they cut your balls off Castration Castration Yeah yeah. they cut his nuts off
1: Absolutely (laughs) But you know those clips of him uh, In Blackface still come up
2: No I haven't seen that shit
1: you haven't seen the blackface? no, I haven't. Given that's anymore? one
2: of the things we can talk about if you want tonight. But yeah. yeah, no, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, he came out as Shaquille O'Neal in blackface, playing <laughs> See, basketball. See, that's that's
2: funny to me, man. Like, I don't know. I guess it's because I'm not black, but like you know, I wouldn't care if they were like fucking doing brownface. You know, yeah. that's just me. To me, it's just like yeah. you know, like uh, fucking Robert Downey Jr. did, like you know, blackface for for Tropic Thunder. And I don't know, like, oh, you know, yeah. only a certain oh, amount of people yeah. got pissed off. And I remember s- there were a lot of, like, black comedians that actually that liked funny. it. They were like, that shit's yeah. funny. And he almost looked naturally black. Like, yeah. you know, it didn't look like racist fucking all black paint mm-hmm. on him. No,
1: know? right? it wasn't like red lips yeah. uh, and black, like, tar paint. But you know what? That, that, that's a good point. That role was uh, amazing. Like, he fit that role so good. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't change anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of black people, like, don't mind that role either. They're like he did it right, so I'm saying if you do it, if you're gonna do it, do it right. And Jimmy Kimmel back then he did it kind of right, but <laughs> it's just been resurfacing it, resurfacing. But it's uh, that's he's still so on. funny,
2: dude. I didn't know that. That'd be funny if fucking Jimmy Kimmel got canceled and then had to go back to like shit comedy that like you know he he can't do anymore. Like that'd be great.
1: No, no, as Jimmy horrible Kimmel as is that is, like you know he's uncancelable because look, doesn't he have like a um, a Mexican uh, puppet next to him? Remember that like, Guillermo dude?
2: No, I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> you don't. You don't know about Guillermo? Uh-uh. She remembers. Yes,
0: he's on
1: there. Turns out uh, Guillermo and then uh, Jimmy Kimmel. So he switched from uh, doing blackface to just having like a, uh, uh, you know, like kind of like a Mexican. Uh, what would you call him? Oh, you mean the host? He, is he a host? Yeah.
2: Oh, I thought his host was uh, somebody else.
1: He puts him out on the street to go ask, like, dumb shit. uh...
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Yeah,
2: that's fucking funny. He did the same thing with his son on the man show. Like he would give his son lines of like really fucked up things to say to women and stuff like that. Like, you know, I fuck. He's we got a shirt that says "I fuck on the first date" and walking up to women, be like, "Do you do you uh, give head on the first date?" But it's like a fat ass ten year old asking, and I didn't know for the longest time that was Jimmy Kimmel's son. What the hell? And so he reappropriated that idea and started giving it to this guy, I guess. Yeah. So funny. Well, yeah. He
1: said. He said. You know what? I can't do it to children. I can do it to this fat Mexican dude. <laughs> yeah. It
2: reminds
1: me of Andy Minel- Milonakis.
2: Milonakis. Yeah. He's one of my favorite comedians. Actually, I fucking love that guy. Yeah, I, that I would love to meet him. Yeah. Well, would you, what was that?
1: Is he still, still active?
2: Uh, I I don't know what exactly he does, but I know he uh he streams a lot. He does Twitch streaming. Oh really? Yeah, I think whenever like um, something like awkward happens to him, because you know they think he's young, or sometimes he gets mistaken for a woman, or somebody will get yes. fucking mad at something that he does, and he'll just start a stream and just start fucking with him. That's
0: hysterical.
2: And that, you know, they, other than that, I don't know. But I would, I would love to like do comedy with that dude or just meet him. But yeah, that's
1: awesome. That's awesome. Have you met any famous comedians yet?
2: Um, technically, I met Will Smith. What? But that was whenever I was in high school. no way Uh, he came out to uh, I went to Lake Highlands whenever I moved to Dallas oh yeah and um, Will Smith came out to uh, to Lake Highlands with Tony Romo for a promo for Seven Pounds that movie Seven Pounds he did and there was like a bunch of rumors that like a bunch of people were coming to our school like so and so and so and so and then someone, like, you know, along the rumors said it was uh, Will Smith and Tony Romo. And they're like, whatever. And then, like, after the pep rally, like, in walks Tony Romo and Will Smith. And everyone just loses their shit. Holy but, like, shit. I had already met him, like, before that point. Yeah. Like, I was going to a uh, a class off campus that did two hours at a hotel To do hospitality And I guess like You know His tour bus Like you know Was already in the In the parking lot And I saw him walk out And I was like Is that who I fucking get By that time I had already heard Like who was going to be Like you know And I was like Holy shit it is Will Smith And I walked up to him And I was like How you doing Like you know What's you know What's What are you doing I was playing stupid But like you know I just I got to say hi And stuff like that So technically Yes Was he nice to you No no He didn't slap (laughs) me (laughs) No no, That would have been cool though yeah, dude, <laughs> nah, I would have sued the shit out of. <laughs> um,
1: no, nah, dude, well, that's awesome. And then, so you've been doing comedy, uh, stand up. Uh, you, you, what, what came out? Like, um, how did your love of writing come out?
2: Um, my love of writing came out whenever uh, I was a kid. There was uh, a big issue with, uh, I guess, illiteracy. So, like, Uh, among
1: Hispanic children, illiteracy is a uh, hot topic.
2: Um, During, uh, whenever I was younger, uh, it was uh, the toss test tax and now it's star test or whatever oh, like you know those yeah, uh those uh those uh reading like not the reading test but like the academic level tests and stuff like that if you don't pass you don't go to the next class or Absolutely. whatever but if
1: you mark and, c um, all the way down you'll you'll fucking pass 75 percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um the fucking teacher just gave you the fucking answer they're like just mark down c and you'll fucking be good <laughs>
2: see again like I'm, I'm drinking i'm smoking i forgot like i veered off what was the point of that? No problem.
1: I'm here to get you back on there. Thank you. Uh, so um, your love of writing. Oh, it's, yeah. It so
2: that. like whenever... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I see fish brain, man. Um, whenever uh, we would have those tests, like we would have uh, a hardcore like uh, story to write. Like there would be oh, like, you know, right. you would have to write like, You're you know, right. like a two or three page story that's on like, right. you know, whatever like, you know, um, plot like they give you. They give you a couple plots or whatever and those, that was like my favorite part because like this shit would just come to me naturally like just like a, a, a scene in my head or like dialogue Your imagination and was so good. It, yes literally like i had just vivid imagination and it would flow out like through my pen i had horrible penmanship and punctuation I, I that was like the worst part was like i got i got 70s because of how shitty it was written but like i, I got like uh Uh, recommendations or, like, you know, commendations or comments and whatnot for, like, you know, how insane the story was but like i couldn't just write it well like you know oh, there's bad penmanship bad i oh, couldn't right. write for like chicken shit writing like you know but yeah i had a good mind Dude. but like you know that's like you know that's what started it was like i just always had friends tell me like you know you're funny like yeah that's how it starts you got friends that are telling you you're funny
1: were you a class clown in uh, school or? definitely yeah I,
2: I was one of those kids that i was one of those fat kids that needed to be that person yeah, yeah just because i felt that it was necessary so yeah i fucked around a lot and like you know did some stupid as shit for sure 100 percent.
1: let's see and growing up in south texas i mean was that a little difficult um like because when i hear in south texas i hear i kind of like you know I hear a little bit of poverty going down there a lot of crime going down there
2: what uh but yeah how, how was mean, your childhood growing up my, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I mean, you know, I, t- I feel like I turned out okay. Com- yeah, compared yeah. to like a lot of people that I knew from school, yeah, yeah. I turned out very well. Absolutely. Like, there's a lot of people that, that I know that went to prison. They fucking died. Like, this dude like, got yeah, they into just it. Died. Yeah, I mean, this dude that we all know and loved got into a uh, drunken game of Russian roulette right. and he won. He fucking won. And, and when it happened, people were like, no, no way. And they're like, yeah. He really did And I was just like Damn Like he was that stupid Wow And um, Yeah there's just Like there's It was very um, Interesting growing up In South Texas And I lived there Until I was 16 And I moved Up to Dallas Like three quarters Of the way Into my junior year Of high school Why'd you make the move? Um, because I fucking hated my fat cunt of a stepmom. Yeah, really. I absolutely hated her. Why? Yeah.
1: She was fucking well, best she, to you. She
2: went out of her way to make sure that um I felt uncomfortable where <laughs> I was living.
1: That's fucked up.
2: Yeah, you like, bitch. and it was like really fucked up because like I was like I don't know like I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen at the time, like, and I had to be bested by you know a woman in her in her early or late thirties, like whatever, because I didn't fit the cookie cutter lifestyle that was in her head. She's white. She had a black son and then my dad was the Hispanic dad. There was no room for like, you know, a fat little turd like me and that's what she saw me
1: as. Wow, what a piece of shit. To yeah,
2: and like, she went out of her way to make, and I'm not even, that is the thing, is like, I wish I was making this up. But like, this all has like, generated into a very awkward like relationship between me and my father Mm -hmm. that's why i'm speaking so ill of this woman and i hope she fucking sees this one day because i fucking hate her i hate her i hate her so much but like my mom is trying to get me to understand that you know that energy creates that kind of energy sure so like you know as much as i hate her like you know there's a, a part of me in the back of my mind that appreciates that she's sticking around by my dad because oh, you know, so he's getting a little getting bit older little... right now, yeah. yeah. So she really loves my dad, and I appreciate that. But God damn it, like you know, just horrible brute of a woman.
1: <laughs> just think of her as the lady that takes care of your dad.
2: That's it. I, I honestly picture her like uh, fucking uh, Kathy Bates in that in that uh, that Stephen King movie where um. like she traps her favorite author <laughs> and she like breaks his legs and shit and like keeps him there. Like that's what's in my fucking yes. mind because of this bitch,
1: yes. fucking bitch. <laughs> You just fucking. Bitch. That's a great fucking scene, by the way. It is intense, yeah. Uh, please check it out when you get a chance. Um, okay, so sorry, then, I veer off a lot. No, man, no, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a, little bit of a, you know, troublesome background. So then you move to Dallas, and then what's Dallas like once you get here? Where, where you, where you, where you uh, land? What? What was it? Where do you land?
2: Oh, Dallas? I was at uh, Skillman in six thirty-five.
1: Uh, okay, so pretty much the ghetto.
2: My mom didn't decide to tell me until, like, the day after I moved in that she had been, like, broken into, like, three times already. And the last time, she was exceptionally pissed off because they didn't just get, like, you know, the TV she had just <laughs> got. The computer she had fucking stole from work. Wow. Because she was, like, in corporate America at the time. Hell yeah. And, uh, but all this shit. But they also stole her food and her clothes. Man, they got her the for moment. everything. Damn. Like the fucking everything, dude. Up. And like what, what sucks is that she had my brother with her at the time. And like at the time he was probably I was sixteen, he was six. Wow. So she had a six year old to feed. And like, you know, thank you know, thankfully, like my mom has always been like financially responsible. Great. So when that stuff happened, she was able to like, you know, recuperate pretty yeah. well and quickly. Yeah. But like she didn't tell me like until I moved there and I was like cool man like you know You're this like, is like great. a little slice of heaven yeah. <laughs> you know I always like whenever and it's funny too because like in Victoria I always grew up like the typical pussy like Hispanic, meaning that I always saw those kids going off and like doing dumb shit and was like, oh, I want to go, I want to go, but like you know, my dad's gonna fucking beat my ass. Yeah, absolutely,
1: I don't, think, so, I don't like, know. So like that's pussy. I just think to that's, me, like smart. you know, that's
2: that's what, and, and maybe that's the the culture from like South Texas and North Texas. Absolutely. It was like yeah. I was grown up to believe that. That was a pussy. Was right there. Was like you know not going and doing that shit. Yeah,
1: you're not you know, up. you're not yeah. playing Russian roulette with us. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking exactly. You're like, a and
2: pussy, I'm a, yeah, I'm a pussy because of that shit. But um, yeah, um, it's, it's it's that's just a testament to how like toxic like the. Uh, the male-to-male masculinity is out there, like, you know, and I don't like, I don't know the true comparison, but, like, you know, there, to me, there's, like, a lot of difference, like, you know, to, out there than up here. There really is.
1: So, you grew up, like, a, uh, you mentioned that you grew up not knowing, like, Spanish, right?
2: Definitely did not know Spanish, and I still don't know Spanish.
1: But your mom knew Spanish. Oh, yeah. Your dad knows Spanish.
2: Mm-hmm. My dad and my mom know Spanish. But
1: they just kept you away from it?
2: Yeah, my dad, I think it was just because, like, you know, he was lazy. But my mom, it was because, like, she didn't want to, uh, Get, uh, let me know that she was talking shit about my dad. Because oh, okay. she fucking hated my dad and she was always saying horrible things about my dad. That's actually and a good reason, actually. Instead of like teaching me Spanish yeah, and setting China. me up for a fantastic <laughs> bilingual future. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many jobs I had to pass up because I wasn't fucking bilingual. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. me over, but like, you know, I, I can talk shit about my kid's dad like yeah. all day, every day. <laughs> and and it, I hadn't been a notice, like, you know, it was always around my aunts. You know, because that was all—they were the only people that were around. Like you know, just talking shit about my dad to my to my aunts and stuff like that. But no, I don't know Spanish. I actually learned more working in kitchens and working with Mexicans and shit like that That's than I did by Spanish. my fucking family. You know, like Spanish. there were some Mexicans that worked on the line that like I—they didn't know any English, so I had to like use Google Translate and like you know, or I had to like oh, wow. just do like a horribly structured unfragmented <laughs> and fragmented sentence in Spanish yeah. that like is just made hardly any sense half sign the worst part the worst one ever was like I was working at the statler I was telling you about yeah. and I had to park down by uh, I it was it's called the uh, the homeless the homeless highway something like that around there there's just like this crazy like a homeless infested area yeah. and I don't mean that in a bad way but like you yeah. know it's just they'll, they'll rob you in that area wow. yeah, yeah. and I was telling this dude like hey I, I, can you give me a ride to my car like I don't want to walk by the homeless people and get stabbed. And he's like, "No, no, 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 no." Because I could, I couldn't get it out right. No. I couldn't fucking tell him, you know. I was just like scrambling because, like, they're about to kick us all out of the kitchen, and like they're just like one block away. It was like one block away from fucking fifth element shit. And I was like, "No." But yeah, no, it was pretty bad. Like I had to convince him, like in like five seconds, that I won't kill him, I won't touch his wiener, and that I'm not going to steal his car. I just want to ride to my car. <laughs> but I find, uh, like I, I bumped it. What was really shameful about that was like our GM was a white dude who had to tell him in Spanish that what I wanted. Oh, that was painful. That was I fucking painful. Yeah, and Damn. he was and he did the whole like you know white uh, like um, accent too. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that was <laughs>
1: fucking funny. Oh man, poor guy. But you know what? I'm glad he helped you out, uh, and you were able to not get raped that night. No. Let's see. So what about? Um, So then you land here, and then uh, you do a little bit of moving around here in Dallas? Uh, Quite a bit.
2: Yeah. I've lived everywhere in in DFW. That that was because... Um, again I don't know if I said it during the podcast earlier but I fucked a lot of fat white girls Mm. a lot of them and uh, I have to do
1: with anything right
2: like that's that's eventually how I moved out of my mom's house for the first time
1: yeah if anything if you're starting to fuck a white girl you should be moving up in life
2: right but not not with me because I just I made horrible decisions Fuck. just horrible decisions and uh, like one day like I just stopped going home and I just, I started living with this, with this chubby white chick in Dallas. And my mom tracked me down because like down the street from where we lived, we lived off of a uh, Haskell in Fair Park. And, uh, right, wow, right across, right, the, in South Dallas. Yeah, right across the street from us, there was this dope ass, uh, taco place that sold, uh, gorditas with like the best fucking barbacoa I've ever had. Wow. And my mom was still like attached to my bank account and she like caught me and ambushed me at this fucking Mexican spot one day. She's like, where the fuck have you been? I was like, oh, 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 God. I had a hangover. I was stoned. And like, I was just trying to get my fucking food. And I was just like, oh, my God, I don't need this shit right now. And she was just like, I'm getting ready to throw you out. And I was like, if you can't fucking tell, I left already. (laughs) And I was probably like the best (laughs) feeling in the world was telling my mom right as she was threatening to kick me out. Like, fuck you. I just moved out. Like, what are you talking about? I've been out. But, like, it, it took me so long to get to that point. I'm pathetic. I am truly pathetic <laughs> as a human being. That's that's my story, is I'm just a fat, lazy piece of shit who's no, been good. lucky.
1: Yeah, man, me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I was, I used to be a, a nanny, like a male nanny. No way. Yeah, I used to, I used no to, ba- I used to babysit. No and way. when I would I tell that. people, like, I used to babysit, they're like, ha, ah, that's funny. I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, I used to babysit. <laughs> and it happened to be like people that i knew already but like still like you know i was a babysitter
1: that is nuts dude what age were you babysitting
2: uh this was probably like i was 25 26 no, no the
0: kids <laughs>
2: oh oh the
0: kids Oh uh,
2: one <laughs> one of them was like uh six seven months
0: Gosh, you were taking care and, of an infant
2: uh-huh. and then the other one was two there was a brother and a sister so there was there was two of them. and then before that or no after that it was a uh, like a nine or ten month old girl and she was adorable i missed that little girl and it's actually funny because like i uh i was dating her mom no way. and i ended up um babysitting her her child and i have more lovable memorable moments with the little girl than i do that that chick literally yeah she was god-awful such a horrible mother like when and she uh, she lived in like this uh, crazy house in Garland like there was given to her mom through like infidelity oh, she cheated on like you know her dad and like you know she uh, the dad ended up moving out and getting the truck and the house ended up getting left to the daughters and the mom So, like, you know, the daughters just kind of soaked up all this. And, like, you know, I got the tail end of all this. But, um, yeah, this girl, this uh, younger girl I met was a horrible mother. And um, she would invite me over and, like, give me snacks and stuff like that, like the kid. And then she would fall asleep. And then the kid would walk around and just, like, you know, get into shit. And one day, it picked up a dog turd and ate it.
0: (laughs) And we just it. it
2: started, like, crying and then I walked up to him and I was like no fucking like, way dude. I was like dude like you know I've lived in like a house with abusive Mexicans and I've never seen shit like this <laughs> so I was like oh my god that was horrible
1: Man, yeah <laughs> white people are nuts white people are nuts 100%. motherfuckers 100% and cheers to that um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I saw a lot of shit like fucking with fat white girls like for sure yeah that's
1: pretty
0: sure
2: the whole yeah talk about Amber Heard yeah
1: Amber Heard. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I think the funniest part about the whole Amber Heard uh, trial is that it's going to start shedding light on the other white girls that are pretty and fucking crazy like her. Because we all know, even like people who don't like, you know, have sex with white girls, you know, like a co worker or somebody from high school or maybe somebody who's like cool with your family that is white like that and like nuts but seems sane
0: yeah and like
2: we'll do some insane shit that like you know it's in the back of your mind or like you know whatever but like everyone's cool with them they're because they're hot because they're pretty or somewhat pretty or whatever but like
1: or they they come off like as logical and intelligent mm -hmm. they'll they'll give you like a random fact about conniving conniving motherfuckers yeah but in the back of the head they're talking about stabbing your ass
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think that's what's gonna be the greatest part about this is that there's gonna be so much uh, so many, so many of yep, that are gonna get called out and shit like that
1: well I look uh, forward to it so speaking about her let's check her out real quick and see mm-hmm. what she got to say
2: I haven't I haven't uh, seen too much about it but I did see that Jason Momoa thing if that was real
1: well you know she lost right yeah
2: oh shit Oops. oh they wrapped her
1: yeah that's
2: hilarious. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Never mind. Here we go. They got me excited.
1: There's no polite way to say it. The jury looked at the evidence you presented. They listened to your testimony, and they did not believe you. They thought you were lying. What a cold bitch. How could This way. How could they make a judgment?
0: How could they
1: not? That's How such a, that's such a white a girl face. Yeah. How could... Can-
0: <laughs> and heard through over three weeks of nonstop, relentless testimony from paid employees, and towards the end
1: of the trial, randos. I just don't believe I, her. Is it getting hot because it's, cause so, it's
2: yeah, I don't believe her at all. It wasn't. I I don't blame them. I
1: actually understand. He's a beloved character. <laughs> he's a beloved and character.
0: feel they know him.
2: To the <laughs> actor. I'm not gonna lie, like I feel that way. I feel like I've seen so much Johnny Depp that I feel like I know that motherfucker. She is right about that.
1: Yeah, I saw him in Pirates of the Caribbean and I was like, I know this motherfucker, I know where he's at (laughs) right (laughs) now. Again,
0: how could they, after listening to three and a half weeks of testimony,
1: wasn't he he Edward Scissorhands? Yeah, he was.
0: I feel like I knew
1: knew him after that. I love
0: this guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's the best thing she did was uh, just leave her mouth open like that for <laughs> plenty of Photoshop. Man, that is crazy. I feel like I was just being gaslit right now by like a crazy psychotic bitch. But she sounded great, and she looks awesome. And that's how they are. They're very
2: well articulated. They're very fucking like again conniving. Like that's the best word that I can describe it because I've spent so much time with white women, and Go that's that's, and... that's that's why I said that was because yeah. Almost every single one that I've fucked with, like, are just fucking nuts. Really? And Fine. even the one that I knew that, uh, I knew a white girl that fucked with, um... Ugh. She fucked with the cartels out here in, in Dallas. Oh, really? And, like, I figured that a girl, a white girl that was, like, you know, like, earned the respect of these motherfuckers would be chilled out, but no, she's fucking even crazier. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I had to learn the hard way that, um... White girls will just get the best of you, no matter of, like what happens, and like you know, no matter what happened, like you know, there's just a taint stain, like you know that sh- fucking sheet that you know they were talking about that she shit on. John, there's a, now a shit stain about all this on Johnny Depp's fucking history, yeah. and that's how they get you. There's just always something that that just reminisces, yeah.
1: You're always right. in in the future they're gonna be saying, "Oh, but remember Amber Heard? Yeah, I bet you. I bet you're still thinking about Amber Heard." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so you, you went out with a couple white girls um, overall.
2: A lot. Um, it's literally... I've only dated white
1: girls. Really? So literally. are you with a white girl right now? I am, yeah. Wow, interesting. So why not date a Latina or a black girl? You want to get racist, out the room for you? a second?
2: <laughs> you, you, you're okay? You sure you want to hear this? <sighs> no, I'm kidding. I'm fucking
0: with you. <laughs> no, I just... Uh,
2: I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what it fucking is. Like, I hate to sound so weird, but like, I've been... My thing is like, you know, I'm fat, right? You know, obviously I'm fat as fuck. 100%. And my thing is like eating pussy, you know, right? So it's just a thing for fat guys. And when I've been down on, on pretty much all the races, I've tasted all the flavors. Yes. And it just feels whenever it's like a brown like you know woman in front of me like whether it's Indian or Hispanic or f- dot or feather Indian by the way either one I've had both
0: right
2: right um I hate Indian food by the way fucking horrible dot, um, dot Indian, that food. Indian food yeah. fucking horrible um but uh it just it feels like i'm going down on like my cousin or something man yeah. like it
1: does like you never want to feel that
2: nah, as no, as no, weird no, as that not. is that's what it feels like because like yeah. you know i like to look i like to see and when i see that brown skin it just feels fucking too familiar to me yeah really? and i hate to fucking be so weird about it yeah. but like that's just my thing i'm fucking weird i like, understand you know? though yeah. but yeah it just, it's too familiar and like i don't know white girls just taste better in my opinion really yeah totally
1: okay no problem uh gotcha so you do know, mean me personally i like a little bit of spice in my life so, <laughs> yeah. right, so you know about the tampon shortage there is no shortage you know it's about fuck i fucking doubt it really
2: yeah really? i'm one of those crazy conspiracy dudes um i read something last night about um well that isn't a conspiracy but it's a um it's basically a uh an outlook on shrinking products like uh, less toilet paper being uh, put inside packaging, less tampons being put into packaging, less pickles, less ketchup. What the everything, literally everything. And, uh, there's, um, I guess, uh, what a retail consumer professionals and experts Mm -hmm. who have like, you know, guaranteed and confirmed that this isn't just in people's heads, like, you know, the price of deodorant, like, you know, goes up and as well as like the size goes down. Like, you know, it's just a pattern that happens. And they said that it's been picking up since the pandemic. So I believe it has something to do with that. I fucking doubt that there's a shortage. But I mean, I, I'm I'm not an expert. But like, you know, to me that that there's just too much coincidence going on with mm. shit disappearing and like... Things going up in price and like you know stuff like that, so I don't trust anybody. I don't trust. Any. In fact, like I was just worried before I came in here that you were going to touch my wiener or something.
1: <laughs> Definitely not. You don't ever have to worry about that. I don't that, trust either.
2: nobody. Trusting nobody. That was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was his thing. Like his his shit was trust no one, and I think that fucked with my head.
1: Really, he never trusts Vince McMahon.
2: No, exactly. <laughs> no, fuck that guy.
1: Yeah, he, he, the first
2: he, he, white guy that that uh, broke my heart.
1: Yeah. Why did he break your heart?
2: um he i think it was uh whenever he actually got to do the stunner on stone cold oh yeah yeah, like he got him back one night like because he had like given vince mcmahon the stunner a number of times right, right. and then he fucked with him one night like uh and like vince mcmahon gave him the stunner and i was just like how how could that happen like how could god
1: let that happen yeah i know it's just unimaginable um but that's what they do that's what bosses do a lot of the times they'll make sure that they they fuck you over to let you know who's boss uh, no matter how fucking big your cloud is,
2: I would hear that a lot in my jobs. I would hear, I would hear a lot of fucking shit like that. Like right before they were gonna can me, they'd say some stupid shit like, mm. "Well, Max, like you know, if you wouldn't eat all the cheese board items out of the walk-in, you'd still have a job right now." I'd be like. Fuck you, dude. What like, you know, hell? just go fuck yourself. Like, obviously, I deserve to be fired because the cheese board items equal up to like 80 bucks a week. And they never <laughs> took that out of my check. But, like, you didn't have to fucking, he you could have just,
0: you could have just fucking
2: fired me. No like, I didn't need, I didn't need some condescending bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because
1: now you can claim, like, a discrimination or something.
2: Um, I was going to tell you. So, what was the worst job you've had? Uh, RGIS. What, Off the top of my fucking head. What RGIS. Um, they are, uh, Basically, their day-in and day-out job is the worst part of retail. Do you guys ever work retail? I have. Yeah. What I was guess. the worst part of retail? Fucking
0: everything. I don't know. but Inventory. Hours, managers.
2: Inventory. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. RGIS is an outside company that places like Walmart and Kroger and big companies or small companies hire, and they double-check the um, the inventory for places. So like, you know, they've got like Walmart doing like, you know, their employees checking how many fucking boxes of cereals do we have or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Rgis comes in and tries to match that number or get real close to it. And that's basically what they do. They just come in and either really early in the morning or late at night and just do fucking inventory. That's wow. all they do. That sucks. And it's never, it's like, you know, a Kroger in, in fucking Fort Worth that, that you might have to go to a Dillard's in Frisco the next day Like, you know, it's just everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. And the only way to become a manager is to be their fucking whore for like 25 years. And the people that I met at managers are just uh, there. They were just fried, absolutely fried and like just dead like zombies on the end. Yeah. Like trying to have a conversation about like, you know, um, I I asked this dude about orange juice because he lives in Florida. Yeah. And then he starts bringing up the military and shit. I was like, what the fuck are you (laughs) talking about,
1: dude? Dude. (laughs) <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. People are just lost <laughs> in their kid. fucking
2: lives. The worst job in the fucking world. I hated it so oh goddamn much.
1: Hell no, man. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hated that goddamn job so much. So, look, uh, speaking of South Texas, South Texas mayor arrested and accused of bribery. bribery and
2: fraud. See, what was I saying? I was telling you, yeah, it
1: has something to do with Mexicans. I bet. <laughs> I could be wrong. Hold on, hold on. Let's no, see. No, a South no, Texas. Texas <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna I'm give me, I'm gonna give my people the benefit of the doubt. A South Texas mayor has been arrested after a federal indictment or accused him of committing bribery and fraud. Piñera, Pinata, oh, Piñaras. <laughs> his name is oh, Uh man. Mayor Rodrigo Lopez. Oh, it's not looking good. Uh, was arrested on Monday. Damn, as he re-entered the. Country at the Hidalgo port. He was going into fucking Mexico. Oh shit! Holy shit! The two count indictment accuses Lopez of embezzling from La Jolla Independent School District from March. oh fuck! That's, Sailing from the kids. That's why we don't have any fucking policemen like yeah. outside of fucking schools. All the funding is gone. Hell yeah! The district made purchases totaling about seventy thousand grand. I mean, seventy grand from a business lopez runs the indictment alleges lopez also is accused so he fucking got the school board to pay to a business that he fucking oh okay yeah and then lopez faces up to 10 years in prison per fucking count bro damn wow i way it's not looking good what can you tell me about south texas and like uh is there a lot of corruption going on there
2: um right now i have no idea but whenever whenever I was living there, like there was always shit going... Uh, like that thing we pulled up earlier, the seven bodies found in Mexico, with shit carved into their bodies. Oh,
1: wait, wait, wait. Let me pull that up.
2: Like, there was always shit like that going down in Brownsville. Really? Because Brownsville is, like, real close to Mexico.
0: What border are you guys close to? Is oh, it the Reynosa?
2: No, no uh, Victoria isn't really close to a border. Okay. Victoria is just close to... Um, the, the closest thing it's to honestly, like it's like the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Okay. So it's like you know, um, like right on that bend where Texas is, like gotcha. have like one side uh going away from victoria leads to there and everywhere else like i I was telling him like you can get to austin san antonio corpus uh san marcus all those like southern east southeast towns like you can get there from the middle of victoria
1: within like two three hours
2: yeah literally and then if you want to get to mexico it's a little bit further down but like um in south texas like the border that everyone's familiar with is brownsville And there was just whenever I was living in South Texas, there was so much fucking shit going on down there. Like this,
1: seven-minute Mexico shot in the head and put on display on the streets in plastic chairs.
2: They would fucking yeah, they would do shit like that. They they would hang, they they would hang whoever was fucking around or whatever from like freeways and passes, and people would be like, oh shit, like we gotta call the cops. Like you know, there's another body, right? Stuff like that. But like you know, like I guess back then it was just a little bit, you know, more creative like you know this just seems kind of lazy in my uh, like, let's see I don't know.
1: it says uh, mexican authorities say that the bodies of seven men were found sitting in plastic chairs on display alongside of the street in the mexican state of michoacan according to michoacan attorneys uh generals the victims had all been shot in the head execution style and were placed individually in the sitting position chairs in the side of the road near the traffic circle in the city of urapan which is a known drug zone mm. i think it's also a tourist spot shocking photos released to the media show a gruesome scene? All of the men reportedly aged between 15 and 40. Holy shit. Uh, they're tied to chairs by hands and feet, and some have threat messages nailed to their chest with ice oh, picks. Oh, I thought it was carved. Never mind. Shit. Nah, they just got fucking stabbed with a fucking ice pick with a message on them. According to local authorities, a place card on one of the bodies which were found early Saturday morning read, warning, this will happen to thieves, kidnappers, sex offenders, and extortionists. Wow. Sadly, this wasn't the only instance in ma- uh, of mass violence in Mexico. The night before, the neighboring Mexican state of Guerrero, armed men opened fire on a bar in uh, Ciudad Altamirano, killing a total of seven oh, wow. people, including three off-duty federal agents. Yeah, federal agents. That's 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 intense. Damn. No clear motives. Just, uh, assume they were drug related. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty fucking bad, man. You ever, you ever encountered like a a cartel or shit like that without saying no names or anything? Like,
2: uh, encountered them? No. But like, um, like I've met people who were associated.
1: Because you in South Texas, I imagine there would be like a lot of people down there. Yeah.
2: Um, I had like, uh, friends who went down that path. Um, and then um, I think I have, may have, like, you know, a family member or two that, like, did drugs, like, you know, like, selling. But I don't think it was, like, cartel stuff. But, like, yeah. you just, you never really know. You know, you never really, you never really fucking know. Yeah, like, that's, know, that's what's it. insane about it. But, like, that white girl that I was telling you about was a fucking idiot because she went around telling everybody that she worked for the cartels. I was like, dude, you're stupid. <laughs> you are man. an
1: idiot. Hell yeah, man. it was dumb. Nope. Don't. Don't be telling nobody about that. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. What's the next? Uh, sh- uh, Shoot a Jew in the head. Graffiti near Toronto University. Holy shit! Uh, the, graffiti, the graffiti depicts a dead Jew with a kippa, with a kippa and sidelocks, in a gun scopes cross hairs next to the cartoon. The text "Shoot a Jew in the head" is scrawled on the. Damn it! They didn't show it. Oh, it wait, just sounds it hateful. Here it goes. Oh, okay. Shoot a Jew in the head. Uh, this is what they're fucking uh, sprawling. Uh, the the graffiti, according to an image shared uh, in Canada, depicts a dead Jew. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what a, what a kippah is. I think it's that thing that they put on their head. Or is it the star? No, it's not the star. The university learned of hateful anti-Semitic graffiti that was reported to be found in the village neighborhood. You know what? I never... It condemns the anti-Semitic. The trouble uh, York noted that it could not be removed. <laughs> it could not remove the message as it was not on its property. Hey, baby. <laughs> She's gonna have to go. Uh, you're in comedy, any Jewish people?
2: Yeah. Really. Um, um, I actually have a friend who does uh, comedy with me um, sometimes, and he's Jewish. Oh, really? And he's a truck driver. Shut him out. Oh. Um, his name is Josh Curry. He's actually a pretty funny dude, and uh, he taught me a little bit uh, what he knows about um, obtaining CDLs, like you know, like different ways and stuff like that. Because really? it's something I was considering recently. Because yeah. I like making money doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely. So if I can just fucking make money driving, that'd be cool. So yeah, that'd
1: yeah. be interesting.
2: But yeah, um, him and a couple other people. I just I I can't remember now. But um, there was it was really funny. Uh, I. I met a Jew who like was poor and I thought that was like just not a thing I never thought that I would ever fucking meet a poor Jew but like it made me feel so much better about myself because like you know those people are supposed to be like you know, real close with their family and like, you know, fucking tighten it well off and stuff like that. But like, not this guy. Wow. Really? And just, it was like the first image I've ever had of like, you know, just a Jew down on his luck besides Jesus. Of course. Wow. That was, you know, he had the worst luck, but, um,
1: yeah, he uh. I never heard of that, man. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I've never heard of a broke Jew before, but yeah, it made me feel like a million times better about myself yeah. that day. <laughs> so he was cool and stuff? Yeah, no, he, he was really. He had a, like a funny sense of humor and shit like that, but like he was just always like broke, always broke. And that's because he was like a, a junkie. Mm. So, like, a, you know, he was from Plano. so like you know whenever I moved uh, to DFW like, like a year after that I lived in Plano for years and realized that you know there's just a lot of those kids out there a lot of fucking like just privileged white kids who like you know just never did anything after high school they just go on to the next party and the next party and some of them eventually went to collin county community college and failed out and
1: just kind of broken
2: and then the rest of them like if they didn't quit going down that high that road they died of heroin really you, i don't know if you remember that but there was like a bunch of kids dying left and right from heroin like in yeah fucking um the suburbs, like, yeah, McKinney area yeah. and Frisco and Plano and shit like that, and like that was kind of like whenever, like I was like you know make maintaining friendships out there and stuff like that. So like it was kind of it was funny, but like it was sad at the same time. But like I don't know, like <laughs> I don't, I see, I'm fucked up, bro. Yeah, how was it funny? <laughs> Just He's, because like you know I've been homeless before,
1: yeah. Yeah. how old were you when you were homeless
2: um let's see i must have been like 26 or so really 26 or 25 or something that like that ago. no not that long ago wow but um the most difficult part was like i was i was a cook right i was a cook and
1: so you had a job but you right were i had a job
2: and i had what i had to do was i had to show up to work on time you know bathed just like you know how you're normally supposed to normal people (laughs) and like they would just not understand why i'm fucking showing up like to work two or three hours late like bogged down like no sleep i it looks like i've been partying on all all night but it's literally just because i couldn't get any fucking sleep yeah you know and it's just sucked and eventually i got fired Wow. And eventually, like, you know, that's whenever I started going down the path of, like, you know, getting uh, on my friend's couches and stuff like that. And eventually I found someone who was willing to, like, um, work with me. And I had just found a job and I had saved enough money and paid for my first month of rent. And it was only $400. Cool. So uh, that was just, yeah, yeah. that was, like, what what started, like, you know, my, uh, my writing process.
0: Really?
2: Was, like, well, that's whenever I figured out, like, how i write jokes was just basically through trauma
0: mm-hmm. that's
2: literally how like how i interpret like my trauma is through comedy yeah. and if you like watch my videos on youtube and stuff like that you'll hear a lot of shit that just sounds like kind of out there and crazy but like it, it literally all of it has happened in some way or fashion mm-hmm. you know i was talking about how um I uh, used to infect all my friends' computers with porn, because LimeWire <laughs> was a thing, and yeah. people were like, haha, ha you wouldn't do that to your friend. No, I, I did. Really? Like, I was a fat <laughs> asshole. I was like Cartman, basically. It was like the Mexican Cartman. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, I was always fucking around, like, you know, I was a bad kid. But, like, you know, um, I've, again, tangents. Like, I have no idea where I was going with that.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. So, uh, what is that climb up, like uh, like, right now you're climbing up the comedy ladder, right?
2: Trying to, yes, fucking goddamn it, yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, well.
1: Like, are you getting shows regularly? Like, are you.
2: Not as often as I would like. But.
0: But
1: you're doing um, stand up?
2: Right. I I started out doing uh, stand up. At this bar in Deep Ellum called Will Call Bar, and yeah, yeah. Will Call Bar is known for their comedy on Tuesdays, okay. and they're also known for their food. They have really good food. Yeah, yeah. that's another shout out. Wanted uh, shout out if that's cool. I wanted yeah, to boy. do. His name is uh, Joshua Gianni Farrell or Farrell. One of those. Um, I'm sorry, homie, but uh, yeah, he's like been featured on Dallas Observer. He's been featured on a bunch of like shit. That Trace Chowdown. You know about that one?
1: No, I don't it's like know this that.
2: big chubby white dude who just goes around eating food in Dallas and he's famous for it. Cool. But like, you know, um, like he's gotten like, you know, recognitions and shit like that for his food. And it's just amazing fucking food, amazing bar food. Yeah. And um, that's what they're that's what they're known for. But the, um, that was where I did my first um, stand up was uh, my first open mic was there at Will Call. And, um, Brad, how was it, how was it man? Was it, it a little frenzied? No, yeah, I was, I was scared. Yeah. Like, one thing I remembered, like, whenever I first started doing comedy was that, uh, this would happen my my leg would shake the whole time I'm up there and you could just tell I'm fucking nervous and like you can't really see my legs in the first video but that was me just the whole time I was just fucking shaking because I was afraid and now whenever I get up there I don't have that so like I don't have to focus on that like and that just comes with like being in front of the crowd a bunch of times was like you know that that uh, initial fear just kind of wears down so like you know the only other fear is like you know that you're gonna just fucking piss somebody off or like you know nobody's gonna laugh or whatever but (laughs) or will
1: smith is in the crowd yeah something like that yeah
2: or, but then at that point like you just you kind of as a comedian you have like turnarounds like you know yeah. um, you have like just complete like I was I was making a joke about the, the Dallas Cowboys one day and about how uh, uh, Jerry Jones got into a car accident on Harry Hines yeah he did and I was making a joke about how he was going to look for some street taco pussy <laughs> and uh, there was uh, another joke I threw in there uh, and maybe he was looking for like a really cheap uh, running back like the fastest crackhead with a TV in his hand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like you know, yeah. just a real cheap, like five dollars <laughs> running back, and then the one that I got to that nobody was laughing at was like, you know, the only other reason I could think uh, someone that rich would be on that part of town would be, would be for drugs, right, right? Or maybe like you know, you've got like that one family member no one gives a shit about that's sure. about to die like <laughs> yeah. uh, for fucking like drug binge, yeah. the family member that doesn't give a shit about the Cowboys, the one that doesn't get the Cowboys tickets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> silence dead silence yeah. and i turned around and said like so you guys are fucking steelers fans i yeah. see like you know and i don't give a shit about football one bit but yeah. that quick turnaround like oh, yeah. erupted in laughter awesome. and like you find those small things as a comedian like you yeah. know and like you, you just fast, yes you gotta, you gotta be mean. quick and that's my problem is that like i smoke weed i smoke way too much weed dabs specifically awesome. like i smoke dabs and um like I had to learn that, like, I just can't do that shit whenever I go up there because I'll forget everything I fucking say. Mm -hmm. Everything. Like, I'll have, like, you know, a five minute, like, this is what, this is what my phone looks like. My phone screen usually has my joke list on there. See, Holocaust Breath. Yeah. Jesus Forgives Me. Uh-huh. Close to God okay. and no
1: insurance. Really? Why do you have that on your phone screen?
2: Uh, Because, like, looking at that before I step up on stage okay. reminds me, like, what I'm going to say. Yeah. But I'll fucking go through all of this for, like, hours before I get up oh, there. okay. Stare at this for, like, the next 30 minutes before I go upstairs and uh, go upstage and still forget what I want to say. <laughs> because I'm a goddamn pothead. <laughs> Don't smoke weed, please. Don't smoke <laughs> Like, wait.
0: <laughs>
2: what is she eating what is that? a little oreo oh my god is adorable. that's adorable
1: the only thing i could get her to just <laughs> chill her out Calm her down. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's cute i love you baby uh okay so and then how how about uh the rest of the comedians how have they been treating you
2: uh pretty well but pretty was, well i have a comedy I, scene I, how is it uh, it's, it's competitive. Is it, popular? it is goddamn competitive. Yeah. Like I didn't realize like how many comedians there are. Wow. There are so many comedians. And, um, what's great about Dallas is that it's so big and there's, um, off the top of my head, like I know like four comedy clubs, you know, and usually like, you know, whenever like there's, whenever I think of like Victoria. I don't think of comedy clubs i no. think of bars yeah, yeah. i think of like restaurants and like this is a metroplex that actually has comedy clubs and it's not just that it's it's like other it's other bars that will do stand-up comedy and uh music venues yeah, that yeah. will let you do comedy You're right and there's, there's so many places that you can do comedy at because it's just... It's getting popular now. And I guess... You know, it's been... It, Comedy has been fucking around forever. Yeah. But, like, Dallas as a whole... Like, DFW is becoming, like, more entertainment-driven and stuff like that. It's becoming more, like... I hate to say it, but, like, up its own ass. Right. It's becoming more You know, trendy. fucking 15 $20 burgers and $8, $10 craft beers and all that bullshit. Yes, exactly. Fucking $8 tacos and stuff like that. But, you know, like... Again, I'm so fucking sorry, bro. Tangents. I'm so That's fucking right. sorry. Like I had, I had a point to all this. Like it's, 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 I get like passionate. Comedy scene. I get passionate about shit, yeah. But like scenes, um yeah. like there's there's so many different places where you can go up to that isn't a comedy club and, and like even you know someone who doesn't know anything about comedy could ask like hey you guys want to do some comedy like make some money like let's make some money like you know let's fucking do this really? and if you've got a plan like, like you know those people are willing to fucking do it because like if a bar is like dying or like not getting any sales on a night like yeah. you know fuck it like i'm gonna let this dude set up and like there'll be more people in my bar tonight like Hell you know yeah. that's whenever you you know you charge like whatever or like you know Sell things, sell shirts, like you know whatever, do what you got to do to make your money, but like you know there 's if you think about it there 's so many restaurants there 's so many bars yeah, in yeah. dallas there 's it 's like an untapped market, Absolutely. and like more and more and more yeah. places like you 'll see like you know there 's live music tonight, yeah, exactly you know stuff like yeah, yeah. that because people want that like you know that fucking that that experience that's so
1: true. they want to be entertained while they're also dining in and what i think that's an amazing experience
2: it is an amazing experience but like i also i fucking i hate it <laughs> why and the reason why i hate it is because like i feel like it's like why? it's like they're trying to turn dfw into like la like yeah. california shit
0: <laughs> and no, like it, so you, you laugh Texas.
2: you laugh but it scares me because like i don't like i'm fucking poor bro like i'm poor I, I i have to depend on my fucking ri- like not she's not even rich like you know she's just she pays for my shit True. my girlfriend yeah, yeah i depend on my girlfriend i'm a piece of shit like you know i'm scared but like you no, know even even her like shit, no. even her like she's worried like you know about like you know prices and stuff like that but like there's just everything is going up like what i was talking about earlier like prices and stuff like mm-hmm. that inflation yeah. inflation and stuff like that prices going up pr- uh, packaging going down mm-hmm. um and then, like, that just, like, even more separates me from, like, you know, the Mexicans that, like, you know, think that I'm one of them. Like, you know, they're just like, fuck this dude's crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> fuck this guy. Like, you know, so you don't, it you don't makes think- me, it just makes me feel so fucking weird. But, like, that's just, that's just how I feel, man. Like, I feel like this place is, like, kind of like going up its own ass.
1: It really is. I mean, it's a little pretentious for sure. Yeah. Especially if you go uptown.
2: And it sucks because I love it. I love Dallas. Like, I love, I love it. But, like, what it's becoming, it's like really scaring me. Like, you know, it just seems like they're trying to push out, like, you know, lower income people. And, like, and if you're not lower income, that's fine. But, like, when I think about it, like, you know, lower income people are the people who fucking build your community they're,
0: they're, they're the people they're who are
2: culture. your bartenders they're your mechanics yeah, yeah, yeah. they're your cooks they're your bartenders or they're, they're all the people that like That's you so know funny. you see regularly like what the fuck are going to do when you like you know drive up the price of all the apartments that they're living mm-hmm. at like the, what the fuck are you gonna you're
1: gonna do then there's not t- gonna, t- gonna be
2: anybody that wants to put up with all those people that fucking come in after brunch they just wanna ruin somebody uh, <laughs> lo- I'm sorry um, fucking church and just wanna ruin somebody's Sunday because like you know God allows it like yeah. you know like who are they gonna get? there's not gonna be anybody that wants to work those jobs anymore because they're not gonna be a fucking afforded living here yeah, yeah. and see I'm, he says, I'm again I'm like I'm sorry but like I get so passionate about the weirdest shit but like you know that's where a lot of my my comedy comes from is like being poor, It's like being like you know lower income, being like you know lower class, lower society, and like that's one difference in like DFW from South Texas is like that is just way more apparent.
1: Yeah. It's way Absolutely. more in your
2: fucking face, right. yeah, like yeah. way more in your face. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, sorry, no.
2: I, I I get so morbid at times, guys. I'm so sorry, no, but like, like again, me. I'm really good at turning around. So like you know the Ooh. the best part about like you know all this to me is that, like, for, like, you know, again, like, it's weird saying this because I have a girlfriend, but, like, you know, with all this, like, you know, new food and shit like that, and come there's, just like, so many fucking fat white girls out there just walking around I can stare at, and, like, it's just, it's just so much fun to me, but, like, you know, I love it for all the wrong reasons. That's
1: actually the best thing about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's see what as we got, we got to get into, um, let's see, what is this, uh, uh, world's first exorcism center created for those on bondage with the devil. Uh, so the world's first ever center of for exorcism is being constructed for those who are in bondage with the devil. Uh, the Archdiocese of Manila is currently building the groundbreaking center in the Philippines. Wow. Hmm. Uh, the center will be used as a headquarters for the Philippines Association of the Catholic Exorcism's, uh, Exorcist, uh, the Ministries of Exorcism and the Ministry of Visions and Phenomena. Uh, the Archdiocese Diocese Archdiocese uh, of the Manila Office of Exorcism said it will be a product of more than seven years of prayers, planning, and fundraising. In a statement, the Archdiocese said this religious structure will be the first of its kind in Asia, if not the world. Uh, so uh, he said it will be for people in bondage with the devil who are therefore the poorest of the poor and usually overlooked. We are grateful mm-hmm. to you and your, and our benefactors who have, until this point, supported uh, the saint uh, yeah michael center yeah uh interesting so yeah what do you think about that man in in the philippines of all places they're building an. yeah
2: no i didn't know that there was uh, that many catholics out there for that to be a thing apparently you know
1: crazy the spanish conquested uh the philippines oh, yeah. and they uh, oh. they uh they uh they got in there um you ever had uh, any uh, kind of uh, encounters with the devil <laughs>
2: uh white women yeah yeah right white women are the fucking <laughs> all devil, the white yeah. women <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Damn it! How about their fathers? Um,
2: actually, got along well with the dads. Mm. Um,
1: what can they do? They already lost their daughters, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I definitely. Uh, I, I came across like a, a racist father. What do you mean? I uh I was gonna have a baby, man. I was gonna have a baby by this uh this chick I met who went to uh, UNT, and um she was like uh, she was a trust fund baby. You know, Hell yeah. so but like, you know, I, I really I really dug this girl and um, I, I accidentally got her pregnant wow. and her dad told her that if she didn't get, you know, the baby taken care of in an abortion, that he was going to stop paying for school. And she was already like, you know, about to like get into the process where like it would have been too fucking late to just like pull back. Like, you know, it just been fucking her completely. Right, right. And like he, when she found out he was dead serious about it, she, that's whenever she told me. Wow. And we had to come to, and it was, it was, you know, weird because like she included ah! me in this decision. She included me in the fact that, you know, they're about to get rid of uh you know her school if if we don't get rid of our son
1: that's crazy man and yeah it, people are the devil
2: it, 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 i wasn't kidding yeah it's like it, it was it was fucking nuts to me because like the time that we spent together like as a quote-unquote family you know just us it was always nice it was always cool until he found out she was pregnant that's wow. whenever his racism came out wow yeah that's <laughs> whenever i realized and, and as soon as he found out that he asked me to leave I was never welcomed at really? that house again. After that the fucking yep. cut ties. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Wow. And um, it was just, it was the weirdest feeling in the world because, like, I had always wanted, like, a kid. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was just, I was always just fucking scared. Absolutely dead scared of that fucking happening. But, like, she was well off. Her yeah. family was well off. Like, they were, like, you know, her dad, like, made millions yeah. per year. Wow. Like, there was no way, like, you know... And I hate to say it but there's no way the financial responsibility of this child would have like you know fallen upon me and and I think that's why like I I was okay with it was because like that was what kept me from wanting to be a dad was because it's so goddamn expensive Wow so I'm sure you guys know like it's fucking insane your snacks are gonna be so much later I swear dude (laughs) Don't go organic. It's gonna, be, it's more
1: expensive. That's all she knows. But, uh,
2: but uh, yeah, man, like um, that, uh, that was intense. And I, wow, again, man. like I forgot why I brought that up. But, no, um, that's
1: fucked up. We were just talking about how if you ever encountered the devil, yeah, the devil. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that was my fucking encounter <laughs> yeah. with the devil. And I guess you did, man. He, <laughs> fucking that's asshole, dead. man. I do not fucking that's,
2: like that. I, th- I, I, I think about it a lot.
1: Yeah, man. That's I think about like man, what no. that
2: kid like might have looked like, and that just hunts me it's crazy but at the same time like you know i'm there's that that part of me that that male part of me that's like fucking thank god like, what the fuck like you know but like still like you know that was the only time in my life where like there was a pregnancy scare and i was cool with it because that wasn't the first time i had a pregnancy scare because yeah. that, that unfortunately there's many devils Yeah. almost all fucking white women are devils and yeah. i've had a couple of them be like Hey, I got a positive pregnancy test like when it was just fucking bullshit.
1: Wow. Just because like I was <laughs> so
2: good at eating pussy. Like that was it. That was only they, they just wanted to keep me around for that. Yeah. Like fuck like you know the fact that I actually loved them. Yeah, but like definitely. you
0: know yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so know. let's see uh, speaking of pussy, uh, Drag Queen speaks out after Far Right Extremist Storm Children's event at Bay Area Library. So let's see what these guys are talking oh, about
2: in celebration of pride month when suddenly the you unthinkable
1: know, happened <laughs> eight to
2: ten Pride boys marched in, with their cameras blazing pointed at me oh pride um, boys the proud no pr- proud pride boys, boys like no. that, that those are like um Our uh, racist, like, you know, anti LGBT dudes, like, you know, just like those tiki torch white guys. No,
1: no, no, no. That, yeah, that's, but, that's who you're, pr- saying, that, you're saying pride. No, they're saying proud. Proud boys. Okay, well, that, that, that's what it is. They're like, saying, you know, ah! proud boys, yeah. But, the, 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 yeah. So yeah. Homophobic and transphobic
0: oh, and shit. They said, who brought the brought <laughs> um, the tranny? It's a groomer. It's a pedic- Panda case. Dulce? By away from it's a the weird name. Was what was his
2: name? Panda Dulce? See. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny name. Panda Candy?
0: <laughs> um,
1: new Need details. Panda oh, so he is a drag queen. Okay. Panda yeah. Dulce. Drag queen. <laughs>
2: See, this is weird, man. Like, you know, I've got no problem with fucking trans and gay people and all that stuff. I've got no problem with it. But like... To me, there's just something funny about seeing a little fucking drag queen, like you know, a tiny little one. Like that's funny to me. Like, but um, it's not funny enough. Like kid drag queen. Yeah, like to me, that's (laughs) fucking funny. Like they uh, to to me, like they already look fucking god awful. They're trying to look beautiful, but they put on more mascara and makeup than the women. They look fucking ridiculous. They like the drag queens. Like they kind of look like those old women, the old mexicanas that just can't let it go. Got the fucking like blue eyeshadow all fucking. yeah, yeah. shit like yeah, yeah. that's what they fucking and like more power to them but like you know I just think they don't need all that shit like you know I think just the heels and the dress and a little bit of shit but like you know when it's fucking over the top like that shit's funny and it's even fucking funnier whenever it's like a little human like but like I don't fucking hate them I'm not gonna go and fucking tell them they don't belong like you know there's nothing wrong with a kid being in his own skin and that's just me I'm sorry but yeah. like you know there's, there's nothing wrong with like you know someone wanting to feel comfortable in their own skin like
1: so there are kids that that uh, that dress up like little girls, right? They're boys that dress up like little girls, and then there's also totally, and there's also parents that give uh, like uh, kids like uh, like testosterone blocker right or estrogen, oh shit estrogen booster i didn't know
2: that <laughs> oh like if they decide they want to go that route that's like, insane
1: like if an eight-year-old boy tells you hey i'm a, I'm actually a girl you mind uh, uh you mind preventing that's, puberty that's crazy ain't that crazy that's, that's nuts that's where it gets a little when, when you start fucking with the chemical compounds that's where it kind of gets crazy and right?
2: that's whenever i'm not allowed to put my opinion because <laughs> i have a penis yeah that's right you know like my, my opinion only goes so far <laughs> But, like, that's, that's kind of, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think an 8-year-old is cognitively developed enough to de- decide, like, hey, I want to stop my hormone. Hey, you know, that's insane. An 8-year-old wants Just to. say no.
1: An 8-year-old wants to do anything. Uh, let's see. Novelist James Patterson says, older white man experience is another form of racism. Wait, say that. Go, that, go. What does that say? Uh, it says, uh, he says, older white men experience oh, another form of racism. A different kind of racism. Yeah, dude, you don't what, know what about, is this bullshit? you don't know about this kind of racism, dude. So please, please. Uh, <laughs> so it says, the thriller novelist said, white male writers experience another form of racism in an interview with the Times published on Sunday, lamenting the plight of older white males. Hell yeah, because we all know about that older white male uh, plight. So, uh, what's that all about, uh, Patterson Mused, Very tough, can, I guess. Can you get a job? Yes. Is it harder? Yes. It's even harder for older writers. You Boo-hoo. don't need many 52-year-old white males. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hold on. I had to stop. Hold on. First of all, your whole, the whole fucking library is filled with white males. <laughs> uh, let's see. The comment came after the outlet observed that uh, the white author's early success was found in part on the character of a black detective. The fictional Alex Cross in this crime series about the cop and forensic psychologist Morgan Freeman portrayed the detective in two film adaptations. Kiss the Girls and Along Came a Spider. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to create a character who happened to be black, Patterson said. I would not have tried to write a serious saga about a black family. It's different in a detective story because the plot is so important. The other is almost always on the side of free speech, he said, noting that he was appalled when the staff at his publisher, Little Brown and Company staged a walkout in 2020 to protest the publication of Woody Allen's memoir. Uh, so, uh, apparently, Woody Allen uh, got his fucking memoir protest after all that shit came out with uh, dylan Farrow. Mm. Uh, after, he, after she accused him of sexual uh, abuse and stuff. But that's interesting. So he's saying that um, as writers, now white people aren't getting hired. That is the new thing with like... Uh, this new like uh kind of new age right like yeah everybody does like one like young black dudes or like you know what i mean uh minorities
2: that, that whole thing is fucking funny to me that's that's hilarious because like usually like you have to be like white to get yourself in the door for like you know those kind of writing jobs and shit like that yeah, like right my God, that's just complaining. That's top-notch complaining to me. That's fucking. That's white people problems, in my opinion.
1: You feel like you experienced racism in the past?
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. especially working in the kitchens, I've seen it um, projected towards the uh, the the immigrants, really, the people that uh, you know that don't really speak uh, English, and then the people who um, had to learn English but aren't uh, that well at speaking it. You know, the, the white people and the white bosses will assume that they're unintelligible just because they have an accent or because they don't speak your language. And they'll say things, and I, I hear everything in the kitchen. And there was just so many times where I heard, like, you know, the, the white boss or the white chef just say something fucked up. And, like, no one says anything because if you do, then you get fired. And I even, went, I even saw, like... uh someone like being threatened with uh like you know deportation i guess Mm. because they were saying that they needed like something off or whatever and the chef was just being a real dick saying you know i know your status in this country is illegal Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna fuck you over like you know it was really fucked up that's fucked up Uh, but as far as like me experience it like i've experienced it in like different ways like you know with the uh with the father with that kind of shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I lived in Plano,
1: I mean that's pretty fucking racist. You know, yeah, but you're right.
2: <laughs> when I when I lived in Plano, like um, there was just so many instances where because I was big yeah. and brown, like it just things didn't go as well as they could have. Like this one time, like this uh, this female police officer showed up to our house in Plano mm-hmm. and uh, was looking for. A man and a woman Who were in a blue car Because they were arguing Okay Now I had a light blue Toyota Camry And like I'm a big man And then they saw My brother And they just They just Because they had a blue car They they, You know so this police officer knocks on my door and asks me about all this shit and I was like I don't I don't know what you're talking about and I try to close the door and she puts her foot in front of the door and then just walks inside the house <laughs> and, then, and like puts me up against the wall and shit like that and I'm just oh, like what whoa. the fuck is highly, going on right legal. now highly illegal yeah and then like as she's doing her shit like she gets a call saying they found him and I was like <laughs> she's like oh have a good day and I was oh, like okay. fucking cool
1: okay fuck it thanks for the fucking yeah
2: Like, literally, like, you know, just the dumbest shit because this cop is on a fucking power trip. And, like, I consider it racist because, like, you know, they're white and I'm brown. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, that's just me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, To to me, that's why that happened. It's hard not to call it racist.
2: (laughs) I I don't know. I just, I, I don't see that lady, like, doing that to a white person. And she just has that look to her. Like, you know, I hate to say that about, like, you know, just anyone about just to anyone but like you know it just kind of seemed a little too coincidental for it not to be racist right absolutely you know she refused to fucking tell me like what um what color like these people were they didn't say and like neither one of us were a fucking woman like you know it was was just a couple yeah they were looking for
1: problems is what she was looking for Yeah. So, uh, Greasy Gordo? Yo, Greasy what, what the Gordo. Hell is fucking Greasy Gordo? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, whenever, again, it goes back to my, my family not telling me about, uh, you know, Spanish shit. So, whenever I was a little kid, like, I never responded to Max. So, they called me MJ. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't respond to MJ they would call me gordo. Yeah. And so like I never really responded to my real name whenever I was a kid. So I responded to either Max or Gordo. <laughs> and I didn't know until I was I literally learned at age fourteen what gordo meant. I didn't know until that. So until Holy shit. right right around fourteen is when I started to really fucking hate my mom. <laughs> Everyone goes through that stage of like, fuck you, mom. Like, yes. you know, I'll just fuck you. And that was whenever that started for me. It was whenever I learned. My family was calling me fat ass my whole life. <laughs> wow, and I didn't That's fucking bad. realize that. And the, the greasy part... Came was whenever it comes to the to the white girls, right? So like whenever yeah. I was lit, when I established myself as an adult in Grand Prairie, yeah, I uh, started um, buying myself the, uh, the the better bacon, like the the good bacon, <laughs> and um, I would make it and like I would just be so fucking happy that I wouldn't let it drain. I would just like put it right from the pan onto my shit, and um, I would just go. I'd like beat off real quick, and then I'd eat, yeah. and then I'd fall asleep. I'm sorry I'm know there's. A, I'm sorry I'm so sorry a, but like you know there, there would be leftover plates of like you know bacon grease because I ate a lot of breakfast food yeah. there was always like little plates of bacon grease and shit left sure. that would be the only thing left over so one night I had this this fat white girl over and we were about to fuck and I had no lube and she had like the driest asshole in the world <laughs> so I just I was thinking I was like what can I use this fucking lube and I just grabbed a little glob of that bacon no grease
1: no fucking way and
2: that's when I started conning myself of greasy gordo that's like Holy right around kid. the time i started like writing jokes like right around that time <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> and that's like that's uh yeah and so you
1: slapped some fucking grease on that pussy and you fucking went no in.
2: no her, her butthole
1: our oh, butthole, her butthole my my hole, bad. Yeah, yeah Oh my bad that's okay i was thinking we were fucking sanitary here no, no, no. Here. No.
2: this was before eating ass this was whenever we were just banging ass you slapped
1: it right on her asshole and then you fucking went balls deep it went pretty better than i expected
2: you know what? <laughs> because i expected her to like you know because i didn't tell her and then like you know we're both fat so like you know we got body warmth and it like you know when the bacon grease is cold you can't really smell it but when it's warm like you know you you can smell it in the yeah. air and i thought she was you know she's fat i thought she was gonna call me out on it but actually like it made her hungry afterwards yeah, yeah. so like it was yeah. fucking great like it, it, know, it was a really good night in the kitchen mm-hmm. right after mm-hmm. like, for this you
1: this man smells good yep. yeah, yeah. this
0: man Smells
2: good
1: to so, <laughs> me. <laughs> Who, who's making bacon?
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> how that's bacon? how the greasy I'm gordo thing happens.
0: About food.
2: <laughs> but um,
1: you got you got a place where I can get the yeah. shirt huh you got a place where I can get that shirt
2: I'm working on it because right. there's I've had more positive responses about the shirt than I have like my actual comedy because my comedy is so fucked up that people are afraid to tell me like hey like, you were really cool like you know the people that do tell me like you know they're, they're great but like there's so many people I see in the audience that are just like they hide their laughing because <laughs> they're afraid yeah like the comedy is universal and it's okay like you know yeah. it's fine you can fucking laugh absolutely but like um, it's the
1: thing that heals man yeah Definitely,
2: right. it, I told you about how it healed me. Like
1: you know that's one
2: hundred percent true. You. Like it really fucking right. is. He saved you. I Otherwise, believe you
1: might have committed suicide or some shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and that's but, what, true. Uh,
2: what were you asking about? What were you saying? uh
1: You're just sure? about where i can get the show oh yeah what, no, what is that what is that by it's way? supposed
2: to be this is supposed to be me in the form of a burrito
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like high as fuck <laughs> the, uh the idea
2: of greasy gordo happened you know when i was telling you about all that but i originally um sold um food in deep Ellum
1: oh really okay. that what, was a, that was the how?
2: original concept for greasy gordo um I got tired of being fucked over in kitchens. Yeah. Just I got I got screwed over by one too many white bosses and was just like fuck you guys. And I left Bar Louie in Arlington. Mm-hmm. And um, I was traveling from this is whenever I was living with another white girl and her dad in Garland. And I was traveling from Garland to like West Arlington for a job that fucking just Completely screwed me on my hours and all that shit. You know, they just didn't care about me. Even though I was like one of their only cooks that stuck around and knew the yeah, whole they, kitchen. That's
1: how it be, man. They,
2: they thought that because I was a pushover and like, you know, took what hours I could get that they could like, you know, like basically what I happened what I mean. is that I showed up for my shift at five o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And battling like two hours of traffic to get there just to find out they canceled my shift so they can train somebody new. And they didn't call me. They didn't tell me. They didn't email me. And I was just like, "All right, fuck." They knew how far I lived, and I was like, "Fuck you guys." And I was just like, "And what's really funny is that when I showed up, like the the new trainee, like just fucking bailed. They were like, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna do this." They signed up for a job they couldn't hack, Mm -hmm. so they didn't have anybody to do it. And I was like, "Nah, man, fuck (laughs) you guys. I'm out." And so I went home, and I made like I don't know, like a hundred tacos. And I went out to deep elm, and I had him in this like bag that kept him warm. Wow. And I was just yelling at people, "I got tacos. Who wants who's fucking hungry?" Because wow. they're a drunk crowd. Wow! And I sold out in like thirty minutes, Fuck like you, maybe really? in an hour. Holy! Shit. And uh, that's where that's where like you know I I guess I'd like to say Greasy Gordo was born. Yeah, man. Um, was whenever I started doing all that. And um, wow! Eventually, man, that's an
1: incredible story though, man. <laughs> you just <laughs> fucking got the fucking spirits to fucking go out yeah. there and say, you know what? Fuck what we're working for. For anybody else, I'm gonna work for myself.
2: That's something that I had been thinking about For so long Because like I had spent so much time Cooking for all these like White women that didn't appreciate the food And it felt good Like you know Just going out there And like Because whenever you're working as a line cook You don't see the people's reaction to the food And whenever I was out there Selling my tacos on the street I would see people just like Fucking coming in their mouth Like you know As they were eating my shit So it felt so good Hell yeah And um, like doing that And landed me a spot Inside a bar in Deep Ellum So I was slinging in my food out of a spot called Wits End in Deep Elm. Yeah, yeah. It's like right on the corner of um it's like Elm and uh Crowdus in Deep Elm. Mm-hmm. Right the busiest section of Deep Elm mm-hmm. well they have this little like taco truck that kind of looks like it's coming out the wall and they didn't have anything in there for the longest time, so whenever they saw me like hustling outside, they offered me that spot. And so I started the greasy Gordo truck there, wow. and um, COVID kind of fucked everything up really? for me. Yeah. yeah, COVID fucked everything up and ruined uh, everything. like um, just the bar was going through a phase of like, you know, uh, transitioning the bar into like a better state. They were cleaning and doing all kinds of like because wits end was known as like you know like a, a stoner bar yeah. like a grimy like metal bar and i love that place it's a fucking great place yeah but like you know it's, it's the place where people went to smoke weed on the rooftop sure, so sure. it was like you know like it was kind of dirty but like that's what people went for it was like a dirty bar it was like a place where like you yeah. might catch an std yet like you know that kind of shit
1: isn't that where they have the like uh, the pentagram on the side of the wall yes exactly yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I always smoke weed up there yeah, yeah
2: exactly so you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. like you know <laughs> So, it was great. Yeah. So I was I was the little fat dude selling tacos in that little truck when you would come down. Awesome. And um yeah, so uh I was doing that and COVID fucked everything up yeah, and um we had to part ways and you know we're still cool and everything and um I actually <laughs> I actually ended up doing my first non open mic comedy show there and the whole time i was just like roasting like the employees and i i roasted the uh, owner as well and uh, <laughs> i guess he didn't fucking like it and oh, i tried shit. going back to that bar to buy some coke and i got banned <laughs> oh, i literally i joke. got fucking banned uh because like because of the yeah somebody got their feelings hurt because of the jokes i made Ew. and i was kind of being a dick to the uh, to the security guard about it she was being a real bitch uh she's fat as fuck and she when she found out that uh, i was i was uh Like... Banned technically, like she was like, all right, get your fat fucking ass out of here. Just like calling me a fat fuck, fat fuck, and I was like in my head, I'm like, dude, you're fat too. Like, what the fuck? So I like, I just gave her like, you know, just some really mean like, you know, fingers, and I got pushed by a security guard. I almost went to jail for fighting him. Like, it was a great fucking night. Yeah. But like, you know, like as after all that happened, I still love that place. Like, you know, it's a fucking great place. It's the place where my food baby was born. Yeah. And like, you know, I'll always have a soft spot for it. But um, absolutely, yeah. after that, like, uh, I just started working around in kitchens and stuff like that. And, uh, I just, I really, I, I realized just how much I hated working for kitchens again after having a taste of my own freedom and my own thing. Like, you know, it just kind of sucked. Yeah. So, um, I got, I quit another cooking job and a year later I started doing comedy Yeah. Wow. Um, I remember immediately after I quit my last cooking job, I started uh, having problems with my left knee. Mm-hmm. So, like, honestly, I wouldn't have lasted much longer anyway. Right. So now, like, I can't do any regular kitchen work. I can't stand on my feet for, like, even just being up there for my five minutes doing my comedy, like, it hurts my knees. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks. Right. But, like, you know, I, thankfully, I've got a fucking awesome girlfriend who supports me, and she, pay, um, she pays for all my gas. She pays for everything. And, like, yeah, yeah. we live together and everything. But, like... Like, you know, um, it's weird, like, you know, thinking about the other comedians because there's so many other comedians in Dallas who have like a regular job mm-hmm. and like you know have something in their life other than just comedy. And like, you know, I feel jealous because, like, again, like I just i feel like a fat piece of shit. No. Like, you know,
0: Dude, I'm sure they feel jealous. They feel jealous <laughs> like, I gotta go to work and yeah. maybe, oh, yeah, you know I you're killing it, man. Dude, dude, yeah, from, made, from dude. south
1: texas to being uh you know uh fucking with a white girl that's fucking take care of you and being pampered uh, dude you are living you. the fucking dream
2: right well, she's uh <laughs> she's like a hairstylist too so like you know when i started to realize i'm going bald yeah. right here started hooking it up with the haircuts and stuff like that so she's a yeah. dream but like oh, yeah, dude. she's just she's a fucking bitch sometimes <laughs> like yeah. god damn it like i love her to death but like <laughs> fucking shit she's she's 23 and i'm 30 And, like, she gets pissed off when I tell her, like, there's differences, there's age differences, like, there's things that you don't get. Like, for instance, whenever I tried to call her inch, because, like, this bitch is still on insurance. I'm not. She's fucking lucky she's still on her family's insurance. And I, like, okay, so I'm going off on tangents. All right. So, so sorry. She fucking crumbles and cries because she had to get on the phone for, like, 10 seconds to talk about... To the insurance person that i had called and talked to for like an hour and a half already <laughs> that's how fucking fragile she is wow. she gets upset whenever i tell her like you know i need you to like scoot in the bed because like you know you're kicking me in the face like you know just just please do me that and, like starts crying <laughs> well, she gets dude like she cries trade-off. for fucking anything anything and everything because she is an emotionally unstable Chubby white girl. Yeah. And that's my fucking poison. It's my fault, but like, fuck. It's okay. Oh my God, dude. Like, I like honestly like to, be, com- to be completely it. fucking honest Please. that is what drove me to the point where I wanted to kill myself wow I'm not even joking so the And like, thing I thing you
1: love is also gonna make you wanna kill yourself
2: I feel like if I really wanted to break up with her and just end it I could just tell her that like you know you, know, you almost drove me to suicide <laughs> but comedy fucking saved me I'm pretty sure if I ever admit that to her if she sees this shit like she'll break up with me she might. but like yeah man like it's just you know the definition of insanity yeah. is doing something over and over and over again expecting Different results, like a fucking idiot. Yeah, you know that's what? me. I'm the idiot. You
1: know, well, we've been through that though. We all been through that. So,
2: but like, I love her to death. But like, she just she needs to go see a fucking therapist. Don't we all? She just she refuses to go see because she's too scared. She doesn't understand that she's too scared because she needs to go see a fucking therapist. She doesn't want. to Oh open, my
1: god, <laughs> she doesn't want to open up that Pandora's box. You
2: yeah, it's so and it's so fucking frustrating. And then my dumbass twenty year old brother lives with me, and he doesn't clean either. <laughs> like you know, he just adds to the mess. And so does and so like i feel like a goddamn like just stepdad yeah. to like two of these retards and one of them i happen to be fucking like you know it's just like what the fuck i'm
1: sorry but like yeah yeah, yeah no, i understand man and no wonder you're such a funny comedian man like i think all that stuff that you went through all that trauma has just that's like, not the-
2: even it like i got molested as a kid
1: really yeah that's awful
2: i know it's awful but like that, like, I feel like that is whenever I realize that, like, life isn't what it seems like. So, like, just fuck it. Just fuck Everything, yeah, because I got molested. Mm-hmm. And you want the only reason why, like, I was so like that was because, like, I was such a bad kid, I was already like masturbating and stealing porn by then. Yeah. So, I knew what this dude was doing, as fucked up as this sounds. Mm. I already knew what this dude was doing to me. He was grooming oh, me, and geez, he was really? it wasn't just once, it happened multiple times. It happened a lot to the was point he close, where,
1: like, family or what? No, it was my mom's boyfriend. That's fucked, yeah, that's
2: like, fucked. my mom saved. I was like, maybe when it started, I was like maybe eight and it happened for like two years. Mm -mm. It got so fucked up to the point where like I let it happen if he would give me extra food because that's how fat I was. Like I knew like what he was doing. He didn't tell me what he was doing. He called it cleaning. That's what he would call it. Right. Piece of piece of fucking shit. But like, you know, that's how that's how fucked up he got me. Like he like he got me to the point where like, you know, I knew what was happening, but like it was okay in my mind because I was going to get a snack. Incentives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rewards. But like,
2: you know, if honestly, like if that hadn't a fucking happened, like I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. I, I wouldn't fucking be so fucked up in the head to the point where like I tell people the most random crazy shit on stage and they question whether or not I'm crazy. And that's what makes me so fucking like, you know, happy is that like yeah, yeah. sometimes a comedian will come on after me and is like, God, I can't follow Gordo. That's so fucked up. Like <laughs> it makes that gives me such an honor and a warm feeling right? that would obviously do the exact opposite to a normal human being, but like it just makes me feel so fucking happy. It really does. And, like you know, whenever I'm sitting there just laying on, like like this week are the 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 Holocaust breath, yeah, yeah. Right? that's my opener joke for this past week. Awesome. The joke is is that like one of the comedians that I know said uh, online, "What's worse than than uh, bad breath?" He's like the Holocaust, <laughs> and that was his joke. That's where he ended right there. Yeah, and uh, somebody <laughs> went on the post was like, "Man, meh, meh meh Obviously, he was a Jew. Yeah, you know, he got just his, his fucking like you know yarmulke pissed on, mm-hmm. but um. I went on there and I went a step further and I said, like, you know, in my opinion, like, you know, the worst thing about thinking about bad breath and the Holocaust is bad breath during the holocaust <laughs> yeah i highly doubt they were giving these people any fucking toothbrushes <laughs> oh, because they were barely giving them any food i would hate that and then i was I, I i went a step even further and i said well like you know i can only imagine like being like you know in auschwitz like like trying to sleep next to the jew with the worst fucking breath going up to the, the guard and being like i can't fucking take it i can't take it anymore it's so fucking gross in there can you i i would rather can you take me to that room where all that hissing is coming out of <laughs> not knowing us the gas chamber yeah, yeah. and that's again like I get the dead silence and that's when people are deciding whether or not they want to fucking laugh at me and that awkward moment where like I don't know in my head whether or not what I'm doing is wrong or right Right, right, right. just gives me a fucking boner like it it really does like making people feel awkward and making people feel weird and and I hope I haven't made you guys feel that way and like regretted inviting me but like yeah that's like that's where my drive for comedy comes from is just being fucking weird man right
1: there tiptoeing that line that edge man you're right there
2: And one of the best things for me is, like, whenever I'm in public and someone sees that I'm fat and they're uncomfortable, like, I'll just start lifting my shirt and just, like, feeling up (laughs) on myself. Or if I I see, like, if I hear someone who's being homophobic or, like, you know, just gay bashing or whatever, I'll just, like, you know, just pull up my shirt and go up to them and be like... So, do you like you hit me after this, or how does this work? And they're just like, Oh, fuck. and they're just like confused. Like, you know, I just love making people feel awkward. Uh, and great. like, what, what gets me in trouble a lot is like doing it to my girlfriend because like I just have no filter and like I fuck with her because she pisses me off to the point where I just don't fucking care anymore. And like, there's been so many times where I just fuck with her so much where she's just like, All right, like it's... when she puts her finger up in the air, that's whenever she does that white girl thing, it's just like boiling her brain. It's like, all right, I'll stop. Just like, you like know, just, just, okay, yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's amazing, man. Dude, okay. Uh But, yeah,
2: it's, it's my comedy comes from a culmination of, like, just living a fucked up life, being blessed, uh, like all kinds of just literally a fucked up life. Yeah. Like that's where all my comedy comes from. Well, and I think that's why I'm so comfortable with saying what I'm saying online because like I'm not online. Well, online too. Yeah. Like I I get fucking like uh, community standard bands like at least once a month. Hardcore. Uh, yeah, it's bad. But um, I think the reason why like I'm so comfortable with saying that shit is because like I know like Life can be way fucking worse. You've been through the, I've, worst. I've, yeah, like, You've been through the worst. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And it led me to, like, you know, some awful fucking shit. Like, whenever I went through that breakup um, that I was talking about, that, um, I don't know, maybe that was another time I'm, I'm fucking. It's gonna get real weird. <clears throat> you went We're through ready? a breakup? I just finished that shot, so it's gonna be real weird. Good shit. I went through a breakup and, um, Yeah, see, I'm stupid I really forgot what I was going to say They just killed all my brain cells (laughs)
1: It's alright Where can they find your comedy? Um,
2: I'm on YouTube, uh, Greasy Gordo Yeah And then uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Greasy Gordo Okay And then Instagram, Greasy Gordo Where you found me It's all the same shit, just Greasy Gordo
1: Greasy Gordo And I I ran up on him on uh, Instagram And then I checked out his YouTube and stuff Uh, You have a lot of funny stuff And a lot of fucked up shit (laughs) On stage um, do you have any shows upcoming, or where can they find
2: you? Actually, on Wednesday, yeah. Really? so Two days from now. Um, I've got um, my second showcase with Swimming with the Sharks um, at uh, Dallas Comedy Club. Oh, cool! And it's a comedy club uh, right on the edge of Deep Ellum. Yeah, it's in Deep Ellum on Main, right. Uh, like right on Main and uh, Hall, I believe. Awesome! And uh, that's going to be in their their big room, their uh, their 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 bigger room where I think it's like maybe two hundred people. Yeah. And um, wow! As far as like doing like shows like this, where it's not an open mic, sure. where not anyone can just you know show you got to pay to get in, this is my. This is my third show like that. Wow. And that just goes to show you that, like, you know, you got you to gotta have, like, it's kind of hard because, like, you know, if, if, if you don't have, like, you know, someone taking care of you like me, you have to put up the gas and the miles and the time and stuff like that to get out there and do this stuff. Yeah. And you may not even get a show. Like, you know, you never, you never
1: know. Well, from what I know, comedian like to be a comedian, to be like a professional high level comedian, like it takes years. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: it definitely does. There's people out there that have been doing it way longer than me. Right. And they're just the way that they deliver the jokes. They're just insanely better, really? insanely funnier, and they're actually making money doing it. I've been doing this since January. I've made five dollars. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> like a basic. Yeah. Of, yeah. Literally, it's like a long internship. Yeah. it is. So everything I've been doing besides those three shows I was talking about are all open mics. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't get paid for that no, stuff. Right, right. And I'm not at the point where I can be paid for shows. So like mm-hmm. I've it's like almost like I've literally been like doing an internship. It's a hard, yeah. And eventually, exactly. like it either pays off uh, financially or you know emotionally. Like maybe you feel more fulfilled. Yes. Or like you know you just I might have ended up killing myself if I had <laughs> bombed that night. I don't fucking know. Like you know, it just it's a gamble sometimes. Like it just depends.
1: Yeah, I think that's what you like about it. Also,
2: I do like I do like that fact that the fact that I feel like kind of like a a fish on a on like not like a worm like being baited out there like a hook it just feels dangerous like you know especially after the whole Will Smith thing (laughs) I just I feel like ever since because when that happened I was already doing comedy and I feel like that kind of pushed my envelope I'm like just welcoming that kind of shit because like you know like lately i've just been so like you know fuck you i've gotten over that first high of comedy that i've gotten back to that morbid state of life where i just yeah. welcome like violence or whatever yeah 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 so like yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i'm get- talking shit about people's kids on stage yeah. like you know when the husband's right there like you know whatever like i don't care
1: you're gonna get but- a viral moment and that's gonna blow you up <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. i've got
2: this uh, i've got this idea for um for like a TikTok. And what it's gonna be is it's gonna be uh, me dressed up like as like a, like a pastor kind of, and I've got a Bible. And I'm like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. And then like, and then I do some kind of pitch. And then I open up the Bible, and it's like a vial of Coke. <laughs> and then I do the Coke. I do the Coke real quick. And then I walk up to like the people that are walking into like Sunday Mass. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you for coming today. Like the Lord blesses you. And then have like a little fake heart attack. Like ah. And then like die down. And then I've got like this like you know that booger uh, retriever for the babies. Yeah. Little, I've got yeah. that filled up with with Coke. Not my real Coke my powder like my baby powder and it's gonna explode and you see me covered in dust. I just had a heart attack. And then, like, you know, I, from that's where I'm lost at that point. But, like, I'm surrounded by white people going into, like, an official God church. Sure. And, like, you know, they just, it just it looks very shady. Oh, yeah, but, like, should... that's that's that was my idea for my first TikTok video. Yeah. And I'm I, trying to work on that.
1: An overdosed uh, pastor. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see where you might get some uh, backlash on that. But no yeah. problem. I say more power to you. And more power... More power to him, for real. Greasy Gordo, thank you for coming <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, dude, absolutely,
2: Monday. man. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, I
1: hope you enjoyed the podcast, My man. favorite fan. <laughs>
2: I love this little lady.
1: Yeah, the thank little girl. You. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, man. So, once again, uh, they can find you at Greasy Gordo on all platforms, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, it's all Greasy Gordo. Yes, sir. Hey, hit them up, man. Everybody, go to the show on Wednesday. Yeah, please. Check please show. come laugh at me. <laughs> All right, man. Taco madre, likes up, comment. Thank you, Taco madre. We'll hit you up later. See ya, yes, sir.
0: How dare you? How dare you?